Happy Comeback Weekend Restoration. How are you guys? Put our hands together for a Comeback Weekend. So glad you're here. If you're joining us online, thanks for joining us online. If you're here for the first time, I'm Ron. I would love to meet you after service. We got a lot of fun stuff going to the parking lot. We got food. We got, we got a bouncy slide that I, I, I've been told it's, a, it's been approved for adults, just in case an adult wants to go down it. So anyway, love to, love to get to the outside after the parking, at the parking lot after service. And uh, if you've never filled out a connection card, please do so. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. Um, also, we've got some new t-shirts. You like this? Kind of nice, huh? We got, we got new t-shirts. We got old t-shirts. I got old t-shirts that are now free. You guys want a t-shirt? This works. I got, a, I got an old arm right, right there. All right. Oh, you already got one. You've got, you got to give that away. Who else? Who else? We're over here. All right. Test my arm in the back. Come on. Come on. I got it. I still got it. Ah, look at that. That was almost a spiral. I got one more. Spiral. Come on. Ah, not quite a spiral. That was, like a, that was like a Peyton Manning in his last year kind of spiral. There we go. There we go. Hey, I got more for you. got more for you. Hey, um, we're going to do something a little different this morning since a lot of us have been out of town for a while. That's why we do this comeback weekend is so uh, we can kind of regather, get back into some rhythms and some habits as a community of faith. Maybe you went uh, to a family reunion uh, sometime this summer. This is like our family reunion. We're, we're a spiritual family. So uh, I want to do something a little different. I want to do an old-fashioned meet and greet. I want to encourage you to talk to the people around you, talk to two or three people, and ask them, what was the highlight of your summer? I've lost control completely. <laughs> you guys, whoo, a lot of highlights. All right, hey, you guys, we've got, we've got some introverts in the room. I'm one of them, and they're, we're all freaking out. This is like, we, we got we to wrap this up. We gotta, so no one asked me what my highlight was. Thanks for asking me what my highlight was. Uh, my highlight was our daughter, Emery, was born late April, and she's been a blast. We got a picture of her, and my son has finally uh, kind of warmed up to her. That's, that's like the first time I think I've seen him kiss her. And um, so we're having a blast. Lots of life in the Johnson household. If you're a single guy, you're like, what's that thing behind his foot? That's a breast pump. Just, we forgot to take that out of the picture. You, you probably don't want one unless you plan to lactate or something. So anyway, so that's, that's the Johnson household. It's been super, super fun. Um, having, having all this new life and changing diapers. And um, so that's been good too. Anyway, okay, so here's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about uh, God's vision for our church as we go into the fall and into 2020. And I want to talk to you about God's vision for you because I believe they're one and the same. In, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Without a vision, the people perish. Uh, a guy named Solomon wrote that, considered the wisest man in the history of Israel. And he was saying, if you don't have a vision for your life, and other translations, they translate it revelation. So it means a vision from God. If you don't have a vision for, from God for your life, then you're just sort of surviving. You're not going to really, really thrive, at least not the way God wants for you to thrive. And he was speaking to individuals 
And he also was speaking to Israel. Israel is like the church before Jesus. And so Israel's vision for the individuals as well as the community was one and the same. And um, I believe that God's vision for you and God's vision for us is one and the same as well. So you want to know what that vision is? Okay, four words or four, four descriptions, then we'll, we'll, we'll unpack it. Um, God wants all of us to know him. He, he wants us to know him. He also wants us to find freedom from anything that's holding us back from being all he has created us to be, anything that's keeping us from flourishing as human beings. He, he also, he wants us to discover purpose. Uh, Rick Warren was our, he sponsored a church plan I was a part of in California. He wrote a book you may have heard of, The Purpose Driven Life, sold like a gazillion copies, probably because every single one of us longs to have a sense of purpose and meaning that, that gets us out of bed in the morning and it's exciting to live for. And then finally, God wants to use every one of us to make a difference. Do, do you like God's vision for your life? Did you catch all that? He wants us to, to know him, to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Let's pray. Let's unpack this with the scriptures. Father, thank you so much for comeback weekend. Thank you for everyone who's here. Um, thank you that we've, most of us had a great summer. We've been traveling and vacationing and whatnot, but we're, we're back together as a family. And uh, we pray that we could get back in those, those habits and those rhythms uh, that will help us grow. And right now, Father, will you please speak to us? Wherever we are, whether we're, we're grieving or we're hurting or we're encouraged, uh, will you meet us where we are? Will you, will you speak to us? Will you minister to us through your word and through your spirit? And will you give us your vision? Like put it into our hearts and inspire us to make it a reality as we go into the fall. In Jesus' name, all the people said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so first of all, God wants us to know him. Uh, John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Okay, so let's unpack that. Jesus is praying one of the last prayers of his life, and he's getting ready to go into Jerusalem, go to the cross, and, and, and rise from the dead, Easter Sunday, all that. And so he's praying this prayer, and some people think he prayed this prayer perhaps in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying for us, you know, 2,000 years before us. He was praying for us that we would know God. And, and the word there for know in, in, in Greek, the New Testament's written in Greek, is gnosko. And it's not just a theoretical knowledge of God. It's not just knowing about God or having sort of generic experiences of God. It's knowing God in a very, very intimate way. And the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, but we have this version called the Septuagint. And uh, for the early church and for the Jewish people for a long time, it was the only version of the Hebrew scriptures that they had. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Adam uh, lay with his wife Eve, and he knew her. You know, so wink, wink, right? That's the biblical knowledge kind of thing people joke about sometimes. But the word there in the Septuagint for knowledge is gnosko. So again, it's referring to this, this deep, deep, intimate relationship with God. He, he wants to be so close to every single one of us. Now, here's the frustrating thing. If, if you're a pastor and you're trying to ex explain an experience to somebody who's never had it, you, like, you just can't find words to do it. So it's like explaining to somebody who has has, has uh, never been in love what it's like to be in love with somebody. Like, you just can't explain that, can you? You have to experience it in order to understand it. Well, well the same is true of this, this kind of knowledge of God he wants us to have. You have to experience it. And that's why I do what I do. I, I'm so excited about what God has done in my life and how I, how I experience him. I want everybody to experience God the way I've been able to experience God, the way many of you experience God. So how do we do that? Um, well, first of all, the gospel. The gospel. Um, if you're new to restoration, you're exploring faith, the gospel is what makes... Christianity, utterly unique. The gospel says we can't earn a relationship with God. It's irreparably broken because of our sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're, we're all broken in different ways. But Jesus is the good news. He came into the world 
to repair our relationship with God and to repair and restore us, which is why we are Restoration Community Church. And if you've never experienced the gospel, if you've never received this gift of God's forgiveness and his love and his grace and his mercy, I so want you to experience it. And so every week here at Restoration, we, we offer that opportunity to people, and uh, people experience it. They receive the gospel, and we got baptisms. I think in this service, we had five last night. People are coming to faith all the time. It happens almost every week. And, and maybe that'll happen for some of you today. Maybe if you're honest, you would say, I don't have that kind of intimate relationship with God, but I want it, and it's there for you today as a gift. All you have to do is receive it, and we'll, we'll, I'll show you how here in a little bit. Um, but also, God, once you receive the gospel, God wants to continue to get to know you better and better and better, and that requires you to spend time with him. And so maybe you've been busy this summer, and, and those of you who have, who've received the gospel, maybe you haven't uh, been practicing like your time with God like you used to, and you need to kind of get back on track as you go in the fall. Uh, maybe it's as simple as spending five minutes reading the Bible every day, and maybe five minutes uh, just, just praying. So you listen to God. Talk to God. Listen to God. Talk to God. Um, my favorite time of the day, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor, but my favorite time of the day is the mornings. I get up before my, my kids get up. Otherwise, this is not going to happen. And, uh, and I, uh, because I'm old, I have to stretch a lot these days. So I stretch, and I have an app on my phone, and it's called Version. And I, I go through this thing called the one-year Bible, Old Testament, New Testament readings, Proverbs, Psalms, and I just listen. And I usually listen for like that one verse where it seems like God's speaking to me. And then I go for a walk. We live in Wash Park, and it's a beautiful park. And so I, I, I go for a walk, and, and I pray, and I, I talk to God. And when I'm on that walk, and I'm listening, and I'm talking, he ministers to me. And I experience him. And sometimes I really need wisdom. I got a decision that's way over my head, and I just I ask him for wisdom. And sometimes he gives me insights that are, I believe, from on high. And other times, I, I need to be challenged. I, I, I'm being stubborn or hard-headed about something, and he'll point out some area of my life that's not pleasing to him. Other times, he, uh, he heals me. I, I feel a wound inside, and he, and he heals me. And that happened this week. It happened yesterday morning. I went for a walk, and it was after I listened to the scriptures for a little bit. And um, last week was not an easy week for me. Anybody else have a bad week last week? Am I, am I alone? Okay, thank you. I have a witness. Two of us, three of us. Yes. Man, we'll get together and hug each other after the service, okay? Um, rough week. And here's why it was a rough week. Um, if you weren't here last week, we, uh, we did a message on racial reconciliation at the end of our Love Does series. And uh, if you weren't here, it was called A White Guy and Three Black Guys uh, Go to a Bar, which I thought was funny, but no one else did. And, uh, and so we were up here, and, and, and I thought it was just going great. And when I finished the weekend, I thought, okay, I just walked through the minefield, and I've still got all my body parts, okay? I thought... That was pretty good. And, and, and then, um, then I got an email. <laughs> yeah. And, um, man, I really, hurt some, I really hurt some people. And what was so hard for me was in the message we talked about how because of the gospel, we're to be wall breakers, not wall makers. We're, we're to break down the walls between different people groups because we've all got some pain, right? And we all get profiled in different ways. We, we, we've all got these narratives, and we want to break down the walls. Well, I made a wall between me and maybe even us a little bit and a couple different people groups. I'm not going to go into who they are. Uh, you can listen to the message and figure it out. But I, I sent an email, and I asked for forgiveness, guilty, 100% guilty as charged. Didn't realize I was doing it, you know, and, but I, I did it. And I hurt. I hurt a, very, a couple of very important people groups. And... Um, and, and you know how sometimes you can, they forgave me, 
you can receive forgiveness from somebody and you know God forgives you, but you can't forgive you? You ever had that experience? That was my week. I just could not let it go. I felt so bad that I hurt some people. And um, God was exposing in my heart some prejudice I wasn't even aware of. And so when I went for my walk yesterday, the Spirit of God was trying to heal me of this and, and trying to help me forgive me. And God literally said to me as I was walking, um, I forgive you, they've forgiven you, will you forgive you? And so as I kept walking, I had to say it out loud because it's, you know, it's kind of weird to pray out loud, but I do it sometimes, and I don't care. It's like Wash Park. They're all kind of, well. <laughs> look, I just did it again. I just profiled my own neighborhood. Anyway, so I'm walking along, and I'm just, I'm going, I forgive me. I forgive me. I forgive me. And I think about the 50th time it finally sunk in, and I felt released. What I'm trying to describe for you is, is this is who God is to me. Like, he's not just an idea or a theology or some Bible stories. He, he wants me to experience him, and he wants you to experience him. And he does. He wants to heal us, forgive us, make us more whole, give us wisdom, strengthen us, convict us, challenge us. He, he wants to be that close to us all the time. Is that, is that a good vision? He wants that for you, all of, all of, all of you, all of us. Um, so if you're not in the habit of spending time with him or you have gotten out of the habit, I want to encourage you to you know, think about like having that time where it's just you and God every day and get back in the habit or build on that habit and just really get to know him because he's, he's dying to know you. He's just dying, literally, he died on the cross so that you could know him in the most intimate way possible. So that's, first, hey, that's the first part of it, the, the vision. Um, a little more on that, though. Um, there are ways we can experience God when we're together that we can't experience God when we're alone with him. So you, ha- you have your time with God in the morning, you go for a hike or whatever, and you have your time with God. And that's great, but there's something that happens when we get together. He shows up in a very different way. I experience him differently here than I do at home. And, and the scriptures say that God inhabits the praises of his people. He loves it when we get together and we, we focus on him and we worship him. And we, we've been describing this weekend as being like a, a family reunion. Well, every weekend is a family reunion for God. He just loves his children to get together and enjoy each other and, and strengthen each other and and worship him together. And so last weekend, that, that happened. I mean, God just showed up in some really cool ways. Um, there, there was one service, I think it was a 12 o'clock service. This gentleman came in, and he had flown here from L.A., big Hispanic guy. And, uh, and he was, when I talked to him, he was crying. I said, what's going on? He said, well, I came here. My, my, my daughter married a black gentleman, and when that happened, uh, I just abandoned her. And I went to two, two churches this morning, and I just didn't feel that welcome. But I, I felt welcomed before I even came in the building here. Like, I could just feel this welcoming spirit. And I, I, I came inside, and then the topic is racial reconciliation and really getting to know people as individuals. And he goes, that's exactly what I needed to hear because I'm a racist. And I need to go. I'm going to go find my daughter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent. Isn't that a good story? Is that good? So God did that here. Uh, Saturday night, Dwayne, who was on the stage with me, came up and, and put his arms around me. He was just sobbing. I don't know what was happening to him, but he goes, the spirit is so thick in here right now. And I, I go, I know, I, I feel it too. The spirit just shows up when God's kids get together and, and worship him. Amen? 
So if you've been out of the habit of being here on the weekends, I hope you'll, I hope you'll make it a priority. We have four opportunities uh, every weekend. We've got a fifth one coming up. I'll tell you about it in a second. And uh, we, we just want to make it as convenient as possible for you to be here. I want to encourage you to be here, though, because God shows up in a very special way when we get together. And the last but not least, we want other people to know him. And so I just want to encourage you to be kind to people. You know, get to love people for who they are and, and build relationships with people. And some of you are very gifted at talking about God. You just have a natural gift for that. And, and so it's easy for you to talk about the gospel and help people understand how they can know God in this very intimate way. And so go for it. But a lot of you tell me, I'm not that good at that. And so here's, here's our agreement, okay? You love people. You, you be a friend with people. And then bring them here, and I'll talk to them. Can we do that? Because I like to talk, right? You do that. And I, I promise you, I will, I will do my best job every single week. I will do my best job to communicate the gospel as clearly as I possibly can and make things accessible so your friends can come to know him in this very intimate way, okay? So we got an agreement? Okay, okay. All right, so that's, that's, that's the first part, probably the most important part of God's vision for, for us as individuals, for us as a church, is he wants us to know him in the most personal, intimate way possible. Um, he also wants us to find freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So Paul uh, wrote most of the New Testament, and he's writing to a church in, uh, in Turkey. A lot of his church planting took place in modern-day Turkey. And <clears throat> he's saying to this group of people, Jesus Christ came into the world, died on the cross, and then unleashed his spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus continued to set you free. He wants you to be free. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, sometimes when Jesus sets people free, he does it kind of mano y mano, you know, just you and him. But usually when he sets people free, he does it in community, when people get in circles together. So it says, serve one another humbly in love. So we have to get in circles, and we have to humble ourselves and, and say, you know what? I'm struggling with this. This is keeping me from being free. This is keeping me from being free, from being all that God wants me to be and having the life he wants me to have. We have to be transparent. We have to be humble. We have to serve one another in love. Because guess what? We are all enslaved to something. Are we not? Do you know what it is? I mean, it could be something, you know, like one of the classic addictions. It could be, could be heroin. It could be alcohol. It could be pornography. But it could be something else, like sugar, sugar. Like, for me, it's sugar this summer, okay? Like I don't know if it's, like, because I've got diaper stress or what, but I'm eating more sugar than ever. Have you, have you ever had Blue Bunny ice cream? <laughs> Raise a hand if you've had Blue Bunny ice cream. It's, oh, my gosh. Isn't it the best stuff ever? Now, I'd say it's in second place behind Bonnie Bray ice cream, but, but it, it's made in Iowa, where my, where my wife is from. It's so good. And I've just been pounding that stuff at night. Like, I just can't stop. So I need help. Um, so maybe it's something simple like sugar. Maybe it's something that's really, really, it's just gotcha. But maybe it's not like something we would typically think of as an addiction. Maybe it's, maybe it's a belief. Maybe you're enslaved to the belief that you are unworthy of love. Maybe you just can't believe that someone could actually love you or that God could actually love you. Or maybe you're in a really toxic relationship and it's destroying you, but you can't break free. Or maybe, it, maybe it's a habit, maybe it's an idea. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is for you, but we all have something. And, and most of us have a few things. And we cannot get free alone. Uh, we were in the White House Thursday night, Wednesday night, something like that. Uh, we are starting a service in the middle of October 
called uh, The Well. And uh, it'll be for people who really feel in bondage some, to some things that they need to get free from. And it'll be kind of like our weekend services. We'll have a couple songs. We'll have a short, shorter message. We'll have like a testimony. Then we're going to get in like circles here in the room. And uh, we'll do some classic, you know, 12-step stuff. We've got this curriculum that we're being trained in called Regen. It's like the 12 steps kind of in a more discipleship Bible kind of way. Uh, we'll probably have like maybe a financial peace university because some of us were, were in bondage to debt. Um, it, it, all kinds of groups, okay? And we were in the, in the room over there, and we were just going around talking about our recovery. Everyone in the room said, I'm recovering from this. I've been sober this long. And the, the two common denominators for those who've experienced some measure of recovery and freedom is, is one, they realized they couldn't get free without God. And two, they couldn't get free without other people helping them. That's true of all of us. I don't care what it is that is, is kind of gotcha. It's really hard to get free unless we get in circles. So we're a church of small groups, not with small groups. I mean, it's, it's the backbone of everything we do. If this building went down, we'd still be a church because we'd still be meeting in circles and homes and coffee shops and places all over, the, all over the city. And next weekend is Connect Weekend, and we've got 50 small groups. Kind of the way we roll here at Restoration is we do trimesters. We do uh, 12 weeks in the fall, 12 weeks in the winter and the spring, six weeks in the summer to give our, our leaders a break and let, let them rest up a little bit. And also, if you're in a group, it's like not quite working because your stage of life has changed or you moved somewhere or you've got a, just a different felt need, you can, you can change groups. But next weekend, our, our group leaders will be out there, and they'd love to talk to you about their groups. And we believe we have a group for everybody. And if we don't have a group that fits you, we'll create one. So if you want to you, you lead one or you got some friends you're kind of doing life with and like, help us be a group, we're, we're in, okay? Because we, we believe that life change happens in small groups, and we want everybody to have a circle so they can grow in the freedom that Jesus Christ came to give us. Amen? Amen. All right, so are you with me so far? we we got two parts of the vision. First of all, God, God wants to know you in the most intimate way possible, and he wants to set you free from anything that's holding you back from flourishing as a human being. You like that vision? Yeah. It's pretty good. Two more parts. Um, God, God also wants to help you discover your purpose. And so it says in uh, 1 Peter 4.10, as each one of you has received a spiritual gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So what that verse is saying is you're gifted. You're gifted, you're talented, whether you went to that school or not, and doggone it, you're good looking too. That's, <laughs> that's my paraphrase. But you are, you're gifted, you're talented, and you're good looking too. Um, the, the word there for gift, it's charis, and it's the same word that is translated grace. You know, grace is a gift. You can't earn God's grace. You can only receive it. Um, so you've all been graced with a gift, at least one gift, and many of you have several. And, and uh, the word charis, it's also the word from which we get our word charismatic. So you're charismatic. You're gifted, talented, good-looking, and you're a very charismatic person. And so I guess we're a charismatic church because we believe in spiritual gifts. But if you're new, we're charismatic with a seatbelt, okay? I don't handle snakes. Not my thing. Thank, thanks, thank you, all five of you. Um, right, so, but, but we are a church that believes in spiritual gifts, and we believe that you cannot discover your God-given purpose unless you discover your spiritual gifts. Did you, did you catch that? You can't know why you're here, your assignment, your assignment from God, unless you know what your gifts are. Okay? So we want to help you discover your gifts. I'll tell you how in a second. Uh, I've got this friend, and uh, he has the gift of giving. And he, he discovered the gift when he was young. He was like, like a teenager. He got really 
uh, connected to God and had a, a very powerful experience that led him into a relationship with God through the way of Jesus. And uh, heard a message about giving. He started giving like 10% of his income away when he was young. And, and over time, he realized he had a gift for giving because he had a gift for making. You know, you know you have the gift of giving if you have the gift of making. Now, I do not have that gift. I wish I did. If you have that gift, I'll trade you. Um, but he's got that gift. And so uh, just when I thought he couldn't get any richer, he just doubled the size of his business this year. But this man has been generous now for three decades. And uh, we, we couldn't have started this church without him. He gave a significant gift so that we could get started. He's helped local churches all over the country. I believe, I can't prove this, but I believe thousands of people have come to faith because of his generosity. He serves on all kinds of boards, and he's really involved um, with an organization called IJM, and they help, they help prevent uh, people from getting trafficked sexually, and uh, they help people recover from it. And so I believe he's helped hundreds of women either stay out of human trafficking or recover from it. And he's, give, he's just given a lot of money, so he's, just, he's blessed an immeasurable number of people. Okay? I don't have that gift, some of you do. But we all have some kind of gift. Do you know what your gift is? Because if you know what your gift is and you can discover what your purpose is, you're, you're going to wake up, and even when life is, is hard and you're going through a tough season, you're going to have meaning in your heart. The scriptures say that God has placed eternity in our hearts we have this, this longing to live for a purpose that's bigger than this life and bigger than this lifetime that will last forever and ever. God wants you to feel that when you wake up in the morning, but you have to know your gifts. So how do we do that here at Restoration? Um, we began early this year having this thing called Discipleship Pathway, and every weekend I get up here and talk about it briefly, and I talk about different steps because we believe that growing in Christ is a series of steps. And then you've probably heard me talk about it if, you're, if you've been here for a while. Step three is where we help you discover your spiritual gifts so you can discover your purpose. Now, we're going to change the name of Discipleship Pathway. We're going to rebrand it a little bit. Here's why. Uh, a few of us went to a conference recently, and they called their process of helping people grow Growth Track. And the pastor said the reason we call it Growth Track is because he, he paid a, a bunch of unchurched people who aren't yet following Jesus to help him like, figure out the language. And they like Growth Track better than anything else. And so I started testing it, got on the plane, and every time I could get in the hearing hearing range of anybody, I go, hey, can I ask you a question? Are you a Christian? Uh, no. Good. Perfect. Come here. And I would ask them, I go, I go, what do you like better, discipleship pathway or growth track? And I, I explained what it was almost, almost unanimously, growth track. Talk to friends of mine in the church who are new in faith or have not yet crossed the line of faith. Same thing. I text them and stuff. And so, you know, it was you. And um, growth track was the big winner. And here's why. It just feels less intimidating. Some people said, yeah, I think disciple. I think, man, it's just like, that's like the 12 apostles. And I go, I wouldn't have thought of that, but some people do. And so, some people say, it sounds like I had to go, like, die for my faith. I go, that's not what I mean, but okay. So I've realized this is great language. We're going to be followers of Jesus, and we're going to be disciples, students of Jesus. But for some people, it's a barrier, and we want to be wall breakers, not wall makers, right? And so we're going to call it growth track. A lot of people say, I just, I need to know I'm growing, and I, I track things in my Fitbit, whatever. That works for me. So we're going to, we're relanguaging some of the, the steps and the, the growth track, and you'll be hearing this language next few weeks. But here's what I want you to hear right now. Every third weekend, we'll do step three, and we'll describe it as discovering your purpose. We'll, we'll get in a room with you. We'll have you take a little uh, spiritual gift inventory, kind of like a lab kind of deal. It's not much of a class. It's more like a, a dialogue. And then we'll get, get with you and discern with you and try to figure out like, what your ministry might look like. And we'll begin to dream with you. And we'll stay with you until you figure that out. 
Because we want every single person in our church to live with a sense of purpose. Are you, are you tracking with me? Growth track, tracking with me? Got it. Okay, so that's the third part of God's, God's purpose. Right? So he wants you to know him, wants you to find freedom, wants you to discover purpose. Um, the, the last part is this. He, he wants you to make a difference. Uh, Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28 Jesus called them together, the them was the 12 disciples, and said, uh, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What Jesus is doing here is he's, he's flipping the disciples' paradigm. He's saying, you've been taught that greatness is about titles and power and position. He said, not so in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, greatness is about service. Greatness is about using whatever influence you have to bless other people. Greatness is not about power over people, but power under people to bless them. And greatness is about getting with other people, linking arms because we can do so much more together than we can by ourselves. John Maxwell says it takes teamwork to make the dream work, because he's John Maxwell. Um, so if you have a purpose, God will begin to help you understand your purpose and build a dream inside you, but he doesn't want you to seek to accomplish that dream alone. There's a young man in our church named Esteban, and uh, he's been here for about two and a half years and I kind of just knew him as this shy kid from, from Kansas, and we had that in common because I grew up in Kansas. And, and he's a big soccer player, and I would joke with him about how soccer is not really a sport and, because I have the spiritual gift of offending people, obviously. And, <laughs> and uh, so we kind of joke around a little bit. And then Brady noticed him a while back and, and saw something in him and called it out. And so I want you to hear Esteban's story about how he is discovering how he can make a difference. My name is Esteban. I've been here for two years, and um, I moved here from Garden City, Kansas, and I've been a part of Restoration ever since I moved here. So uh, I just remember I was already part of the church for like a year and a half before Brady um, got here, and I was kind of nervous, kind of excited at the same time because we had a new next-gen pastor, and I just remember... um, kind of connecting really really easily with Brady. I just remember like the residency wasn't even on my radar. I was just serving, you know, like on a weekly basis like I've been doing. And I just remember Brady, um, I think, sitting down with me over um, coffee at a small group and he was just saying, um, I, I see this in you. I, I think this would be a good fit for you. And I think you should um, come on as a resident here. And that, um, I don't know, I, don't, I wouldn't have um, taken that step if it wasn't for that conversation, I don't think. Um, I've had to really look at myself and, like, um, look at things that sometimes other people don't like to look at or, like, I don't like to look at, like, my daily habits or, like, things that are holding me back. I remember he was talking about um, how Jimmy was getting ready to preach and how our church gives opportunities to people that they see potential in. And then right at that moment, he told me, you know, I can see you doing that one day. And I just remember telling him, you know, that is terrifying to me. But <laughs> I think one thing that changed for me in that conversation was up to this point, I, I've never seen, I could never see myself as being, you know, a pastor or a speaker because it, it terrifies me. But at that moment, I could definitely see it. And I think um, Brady, you know, pulling that out in me, 
or seeing that in me um, had a huge part in that. I can see like that I've grown like so much in the past two months and I'm just excited for how much more I'll grow, I guess, and you know, for the rest of my residency. I just feel, I feel grateful now because I, I have a sense of direction in my life that I didn't have before I came to Restoration. And that's due to all the people that poured into me, all the leaders, all the, all the volunteers and all the staff members. Um, I, I can see kind of where my life is going and where I want to take it and, and I'm just grateful for it. Can we put our hands together for Esteban in the story? So here's a young guy in the seats, he gets called out by Brady, and he's discovering that he can make a difference. He's seeing himself as a leader because he's understanding leadership is influence, it's serving, it's blessing, it's not a title, it's not a position. And now he's on our next gen team, and he's making a difference with other members of this team, and they're blessing our middle school and high school kids. Isn't that beautiful? It's really, really beautiful. God wants that for all of us. He wants all of us to be on some, some kind of team. And so um, step four in our growth track will be titled Make a Difference. And what we'll do is we'll talk to you about a team that either we have already in place or one that we need to create with you to help you live out the purpose that God has placed within you. So are you tracking with me? We've covered a lot of ground, a lot of ground. Let's let's review a little bit. I'm going to ask you if you want God's vision to be your vision, okay? So first of all, God wants, wants all of us to know him in the most personal, intimate way possible. And for many of us, that means we, we have to take that step of faith and receive the gospel, and perhaps you want to do that today. In just a few moments, I'll give you that opportunity. But then for those of us who've crossed that line of faith, we've received this, this gift of relationship with Jesus. Uh, we need to spend time with him. We've got to get up and listen and, and hear him speak to us through the word and learn to talk to him and learn to, learn to hear his voice and develop a conversational relationship. And then we get together on the weekend, something special happens, and so we need to make this a habit of gathering together and experiencing God together as his family. And then God wants us to bring other people along with us and help them know him. So we know him, and we bring other people into the fold. We help them know him. And then we've all got something that we need to break free from, all of us. And so the only way we do that is got to get in circles. we got to get out of the rows and into the circles. And next weekend is Connect Weekend, so I want to encourage you to be here, and we'll get you in a group if you're not in one. And I want to speak to you parents just briefly about this at maybe a parental level. We want our kids to be in circles. Our kids downstairs are right now in a circle, and someone's discipling them, and our next gen ministry, our middle school and high school ministry, is basically a bunch of small groups. We're just going to keep forming more and more small groups. And they'll get together for big events and bring their friends and worship and have fun. But it's mainly about small groups. I mean, all the research indicates that's, that's how kids grow in their relationship with God, just like adults. And so I want to encourage you as, as adults, as parents, to model that, to be in a circle and let your kids see it, and then make sure they're in some kind of a circle. One of the ways you can do that, I hear parents say, yeah, my, my kids' friends don't go to the church. Well, as parents, what we do is we often pick our, our kids' friends, right? You know how you do this. You make sure they play dates with the kids you want them to hang out with. Am I the only one that thinks this way? No. I think we all kind of think that way because we're, we're parents, you know? We're, we're manipulative that way. So what if we did that with the church? What if you call your friends up and say, hey, we're going to start going at, what is this, 1030. Why don't you bring your kids at 1030 because our kids know each other and let's get them in a circle together, help them develop friendships with each other and perhaps they'll walk with God and each other over the next decade or so. <laughs> Isn't that good? So God wants us to get in circles and find freedom and then God wants us to discover our gifts because if we can discover our gifts, we'll discover our purpose. That's the third week in growth track and then finally God wants us to make a difference by being on a team 
Here at Restoration, we're going to call all of our teams the serve team. You know, the Broncos, they got the Broncos, but they got the marketing team, the staffing team, they got the, uh, the offensive team, special teams. And I don't know about you, I'm praying, I'm praying, God, help me overcome my unbelief. I think they can win this year. But, but they're, they're a team of teams. Well, we're a team of teams. We're all going to serve together as we go into the fall. So if you're not on a team, we'll get you on a team or we'll help you create a team with other people who share your purpose. Those are the four steps. And that's God's vision for you, Restoration as individuals, and as a church. Do you like that vision? Will you receive it? If so, say amen. All right, love it. Love my church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have this beautiful vision for our lives. Uh, you, you want us to know you in the most intimate way possible. Help us draw closer to you individually and as a church more than we ever have before. May we experience your, your nearness to us every single day. And we use us, please, to help our friends experience this kind of intimate relationship as well. Father, you've made us to be free. Uh, you said Jesus Christ came to set us free. And if the, if the Son sets us free, we'll be free indeed. That typically happens as we help each other become free. So help us be a church where people are being set free every single day. May we experience story after story of people finding freedom in Christ this next fall. Father, you, you made us for a purpose. You want us to wake up every single mo every morning with this purpose in our heart and a dream in our minds that we're working towards. So we help us discover that, every single one of us, by finding our gifts. And finally, Father, help us make a difference together. We're so much stronger together than we are apart. We love you. We thank you. You've given us this beautiful vision. We're going to worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen.